0: This episode of the Growth Enablement Madness podcast is sponsored by G&W Equipment Incorporated. G&W is a locally owned and operated lift truck and material handling company in the Carolinas and Georgia. Their customers turn to them for their solutions-based approach to take warehouse efficiency and productivity to new levels. As interest in workplace automation continues to grow, G&W is ready to help. Offering the most technology-advanced brands like Young Heinrich and Rokla. They have the automated forklift and modular AGV design that's right for you. To learn more about GW equipment, go to GWEquip.com. That's GWEquip.com. Welcome to the Growth Enablement Madness podcast, and I'm Jim Ward, your host, CEO of BrainCell, the growth enablement company. I'm absolutely mad about helping businesses grow and scale. And in this podcast, my team and I get a chance to talk shop with industry thought leaders about a variety of growth-enablement strategies, stories, and technology trends. I'm happy that you're here, so let's get the growth conversation started. Hey, folks, this is Jim Ward. I'm CEO of Brainstell, and welcome to our podcast, the Growth Enablement Madness podcast. And We have an exciting guest today, and when I say exciting, I'm not blowing smoke. I really get excited about having this guy on our program. Let me first introduce Sarah Reed, who's my co-host. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, Jim. Good to be here. So, this fellow who is with us today, whose name is John Barros, John is a CEO of JB Sales, a company dedicated to enhancing the sales profession through training, content, and events. He has trained leading sales teams like Salesforce.com zoom and linkedin john's mission is to change the negative perception of sales i didn't know there was one but anyways emphasizing the importance of doing it right and authored an amazon bestseller i want to be in sales when i grow up i guarantee you john did with his daughter uh, to introduce sales as a career to younger generations welcome john nice to have you with us thanks for having me jim it's nice to see you sarah
1: Nice to see you as well.
0: Yeah. Just to continue the fandom that we have for you, Sarah is a consistent Teams poster of your LinkedIn (laughs) content. You probably see like every event you guys host. (laughs) My name probably comes through on a form fill. Also, congratulations on being spotlighted in the G2 sales training grid that just
1: came out. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. A leader. That, was a, that was a little leader bit of a surprise a one. Customer. That when they just released the sales training quadrant, and we were kind of the upper right hand side, which is a good thing. It's where and you yeah, want to be. So. <laughs> exactly. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you've done a really good job. And that content you provide, for example, if the folks out there in our listening audience, don't follow you. They need to get on to following you on LinkedIn. John Barrows is the name. And you're going to find all kinds of free stuff that is really useful. I was looking at your, I think it was your last Friday one, which is, I thought I would share exactly how I prospect into my tier one accounts every day. I went through it and I thought, oh my, we have got a new vice president of the sales. And Peter got that immediately.
1: Really,
0: really good stuff. And so for the listeners, if you're not following this guy, you got to follow him.
1: I will say the thing that I realize right now is like, if you're not selling, I always say, I, I don't consider myself a sales rep. I can, cons- I'm sorry. I don't consider myself a sales trainer. I consider myself a sales rep who happens to train. And if, because if you are not actively selling right now, I mean, things are moving so fast that it's really hard for me to pay attention to somebody who might've been successful selling five, six, seven, ten 10 years ago or whatever it is. And now is trying to tell me what to do in this type of a market because things are changing with artificial intelligence and everything else and so if you're not up to date with what's happening right now you're out of date period so that's why today i still sell every day i still prospect every day even though i run this company and do all the other stuff that i do
0: that post alone encouraged me to start blocking up my own personal time as ceo and start to sell now it may be that i'm looking at a different prospect than my sales team is but i'm going to start doing it because now i have a vice president of sales so my time's freed up I hope. By the way, the topic today was on how emerging technologies like AI will impact the role of sales. And I think you have some very specific ideas around that, but you already started to say before we get into it, today's fast-paced environment, what's changed
1: for you? What do you see that's changed? A lot. And it's look, sales is always evolving and there are certain things in sales that never change, right? Like the fundamentals, I don't think change. The... The psychology of selling, I don't think changes. That's why you see, you know, I read a lot of more, a lot more psychology books than I do sales books, because usually techniques come and go where psychology about human nature and stuff like that doesn't. But I think for the past 10 years, and I'll speak more specifically about the SaaS and the tech industry side of sales as opposed to the overall, even though I think the SaaS and the tech industry is a leading indicator on the rest of sales because it tends to kind of push the envelope, bleeding edge, using all the tools, trying all the different models and then it shakes out later, but for the past 10 years, I'm sorry, but if you got into sales after 2010, it just has not been that hard. It's a tech SaaS sales. I mean, we've been, money's been free, right? There's been a grow at all cost mentality. A 60% button seat's better than a 0% button seat. Go, go, go. We've over engineered the sales process, put too much technology behind it, and we've lost sight of the fundamentals. And so now that sales is hard and reps need to, you know, actually show ROI and actually have a reason to reach out and be thoughtful, I'm seeing a lot of these reps fall apart because they've gotten these overinflated egos about how good they've been over the past 10 years. And by the way, myself included. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, w- I was fat, dumb and happy off the hog, you know, growing like a weed up until the end of last year. And I was like, oh, man, you know, towards the end, I was like, oh, this is all right. These things are slowing down a little bit. No problem. And then January hit. And I was like, holy smokes. Right. And the bottom fell out. And then you see the chat GPT come out. So not only have you have this overbladed environment where we've over processed the sales process with too much technology, we turn these reps into robots, basically. and now you see robots taking over what we've turned these reps into. We've been able to get away with blasting out template emails with generic cadences, making generic cold calls, setting up demo calls with anybody with a pulse, droning through PowerPoints and demos, letting our SE do the majority of the work, and then throwing a massive discount over the table just to get the deal done. That's not selling. You know what I mean? That That's order taking, that's, that's pushing buttons. And we've turned these reps into robots. And like I said, now, you know, I used to argue about with the sales loft and outreach of the world and saying, oh, you know, you hear personalization at scale. And I was like, could you please stop talking personalization at scale? Just because you, name, you change the name, the title in the industry of an email does not make it personalized. But yet now I'm starting to see some legit personalization at scale done by AI, where it's grabbing that real personalized piece and making a real genuine connection to it. And so I think a lot is changing. And the reps who aren't paying attention right now, where they focus on the fundamentals and making sure that, that that's rooted but also playing around with some of these tools for the people who aren't and think this is just a fad or AI is just going to be kind of like NFTs or Bitcoin or something like that I mean you're wrong I am watching what this thing is doing and it is doing it better than 80% of the reps that I know
0: that's a great point so as far as AI chat GPT generative uh, AI how are reps or how should reps be using it in their outreach sequences or their sales loss sequences or their own just sequences?
1: Yeah, so I mean, you've seen a lot of these platforms integrate AI, right? So first things first is just, if if you're already using a platform that you're familiar with and it's introducing AI into the equation, then please use it, you know what I mean? Start to screw around with it, but don't use it to give you the answer. Use it to drive your curiosity. That's what you need to use it for, because too many reps are just putting stuff in there and being like, oh, look at this great thing, and then hitting send. And that's, I mean, again, why do I need you to do that? So the way I would look at it is... I always assume people don't have the platforms, don't have the tech. And so we start with almost Google Docs and and non-tech native, if you will. And then we try to look for ways to add the tech to create efficiencies. And so one of the things I'll talk about with reps, and then I think with companies is, there's this really interesting, interesting is a relative term, there's a report that came out from Salesforce about the state of sales. And in there, it talks about how, you know, and we've heard this stat before, I think like only 27% of a sales rep's time is actually spent selling, right? The rest is spent on, admin and this and it breaks down all the different categories that reps spend time on that is not in selling. And so what you can do is you can identify all those areas that is are non-selling areas. And I almost guarantee an AI tool can address each one of those pieces. And so what you want to do is almost micro-test. To me, it's all about practical application. It's not about replacement. It's not about looking for the silver bullet to turn on some automated thing that makes it so you don't have to do your job anymore. It's about practical application. So for instance, let's walk all the way through the sales process. Yeah, yeah. Right? You're profiling your ideal customer profile. Where there are AI tools where you can actually unleash it on your existing CRM to extract exactly what the best ICP is for the clients who are spending the most money, most profitable, least pain in the ass. So you can actually instead of you kind of doing some basic demographic stuff and going on like a Zoom info or something like that and just getting a list based on industry size and number of employees. You can use AI to say, hey, go look at my existing customers, tell me which ones are doing the best based on those, tell me what the profile and the nuances of those profiles look like, and now go find me clients that look like them, right? There's an area. When I'm doing research on an account, right? A lot of times I'm looking, before I even prospect into them, I'm looking for reasons to reach out, like triggers, right? Open up a new office, launch a new product. Sometimes if I'm an enterprise sales rep, I want to read through their 10K in a report, that type of stuff. I'll be honest, 10Ks and annual reports bore the hell out of me. You know, I usually like read the first paragraph and then just fall asleep when I'm reading the rest of it. But you could take, you know, with a ChatGPT plugin for reading PDFs, for instance, you could plug it in and say, hey, could you read this entire, summarize this entire 10K annual report for me and come back with me? What are the highlights of things I need to know? And also what aspects of their 10K annual report are most relevant to my solution and what I can do to help? And could you give me some value propositions there? There's another one, right? Writing an email. Hey, here's some of my value propositions. I want to go after CIOs in healthcare. Tell me what their main priorities are and how our solution can align, and write me a five step sequence of emails that might get the attention using the ADA framework, right? I'm summarizing, an e- like you and I have a conversation, we're using, you know, a call recording software, whatever it is. Hey, could you summarize this call and key takeaways and put it into an email format so I can send it and I don't have to actually do that myself after the conversation? I mean, there's literally 50 different ways that you can start to look for nuanced pieces of the sales process that you can start to ask tools like ChatGPT for help with. And what I usually do is I, I do the main, you know, I do my approach and then I add another five to 10 minutes to whatever that was to see if I can replicate the same thing with the AI tool. And if I can come close and then create a prompt that I can just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, moving forward, now I win, right? Right. So, I'm just chipping away at little pieces because you got to get involved right now, or else you're just, you are going to get replaced because it does do things way better than us.
0: So, I'm hearing you talk about really efficiencies for the salesperson so they can do more selling, getting more selling time. But then I heard about you said the Chat GPT plugin, some of the things that you may be talking about, folks who are listening may not fully understand. So, are you taking Chat GPT with the purchase version and they have a plugin that you can insert? Into a document? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, you
1: can actually it's just like the App Store on Apple or the App Exchange on Salesforce. These plugins are just like that. So you go, yes, I use ChatGPT four with the twenty bucks a month, right? If you're not I mean For those people, one of the things that drives me nuts is always sales reps being like, well, I wish my company would invest in technology. I don't have the tech. I don't have the stack. It's like you got 20 bucks in your pocket. You know what I mean? Like throw it on a credit card for crying out loud. Like if you're not willing to throw 10, 20, 50 bucks, 100 bucks on your your credit card on a monthly basis for you to actually be your own productivity engine, I don't know. Like you're not the type of sales rep I'd like to work with anyways. So put 20 bucks on your credit card and with the ch- with the plugins you can literally go into the plugin store and just type in PDF reader and there'll be 15 different PDF readers that you plug into ChatGPT and so then you'll tell it, "Hey, here's a link to a PDF, read it." And it'll use that plugin to read it. Same thing with the internet. There's ChatGPT I think they just released this 2022 and earlier, but there's plugins now that actually open up ChatGPT to the internet and it can get real like live, not live, but pretty up-to-date recent content. data. Right. So that's yeah. why I've, I've actually used Bing more than ChatGPT up until recently is because Bing is connected to the Internet, Microsoft's version of their AI. So you can actually ask it real world, real time stuff. Whereas if you ask ChatGPT, it says, sorry, I can't give you that information because I'm only up to 2021. So those plugins, though, open the world up to everything that you can plug, you know, Excel files into it, tell it to read the Excel file, extract some data out of it. There's, you name it. You just got to get curious and start exploring.
0: Yeah, and that I think takes the good reps out there need to invest their time on their weekends, their evenings to start investing themselves. If they're not doing that, they're going to be left behind. That's all there is. So you just can't think about the job as a 9 to 5, 8 to 5 job anymore.
1: That's what drives me crazy right now. I will tell you that there's a lack of patience and a lack of, I think, work ethic out there going on right now. Everybody thinks it's just, it pains me when I do travel. I, I rarely travel anymore, but even when I did back before COVID, I'd do a training from 8.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon, right? Full day training, long day, right? But just for the sales, you know, a small group of the sales teams, 20, 30 people. And then usually around 4.30 we end and then I do queue, you know, reps come and ask me questions. And then around 5 o'clock I fire up my laptop and I kind of check some emails before I get to the airport. And I usually leave the office around 5.30 or something. And I would say 95% of the offices that I was in in 2000, even 2017, 18 and 19, ghost town by 5.30. Ghost town. And I'm sorry. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you have to, you know, put, but you do, you do, you have to put in the extra work. Especially sales is not a nine to five job. You know what I mean? It's nine to five as far as selling time is concerned. Absolutely. But the admin, the prep for the next day, the research, the business acumen, the mastering your craft, the learning the tip, you know what I mean? The, you know, training off hours, those type of things so that you can get better. Like, those are all things that, you should want to do because you want to get better at this profession i mean it's like sports right it's like game time sure but the amount of effort that they put in before game time is astronomical and these reps we practice while we do you know what i mean like we just show up and we're like all right cool here's my day and i'm basically gonna try whatever i can try today and then see you later whereas i am conscious about practice i am conscious about trying different things and i am you know and i've probably worked 15 16 hours a day for 6 7 days of my life for the past 25 years. You know what I mean? Like it's just people ask me all the time, "John, what what's the secret to success?" And it's just working your ass off. yeah That's the secret to success. There's no I mean, I'm not the brightest kid out there. I told you I you know I went to Maryland, drank my way through 4 years of college down there, but I'll outwork you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I yeah, know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, so. I do know.
0: Have you ever seen that Will Smith video? The one where he says, "I may not be the smartest, I might not be the most handsome actor, but I'm willing to die in that fucking treadmill." And you got to be willing to die on the treadmill.
1: If you want to be the best. The thing is, is like I got no problems with people who are okay with being average and happy with it. I really don't. You know, if you are genuinely happy about where you are and what you're doing and you're doing all right, then you win in life. I mean, you can make 40 grand a year. And if you are happy, then God bless you. You win. But it's the reps who complain about the money they're making, complain about the number of dials they have to make, complain about all these things, but yet aren't willing to put in the work. Those are the ones I have the biggest issue with.
0: How do you change that attitude? And are you able to change, manage that attitude? Or is it a profile you have to hire for?
1: That's it. Like I, quite frankly, I know this is going to sound harsh, but I think what got us here will not get us there quite frankly, and I'm not saying it's these reps fault, by the way, I think it's actually our fault. It's just kind of like the trophy generation. You know, everybody gets pissed off to the trophy generation, yes. right? Yeah. So everybody wants to, well, who gave them the trophies? You know what we I mean? Did. Like Jim, <laughs> when you and I were kids, right? Like I'm guessing you had the same scenario as me. Like if, if I came in first, second or third, great, you know, I felt good about, but if I came in last or whatever, I felt bad, but my parents were like, okay, well, if you don't want to feel bad anymore, practice, get better. And, and that's how you win. Right. Now, oh, everybody gets a trophy. They still that kid still feels bad when they lose, but now the parent gives them a trophy, they give them a certificate, whatever. So it's not like they were. I mean, I was asking for it, too, when I was a young kid, right? Like, I want I want that, I want that. It was, okay, well, my parents were like, earn it. Now the kids are like, I want that, I want that, and the parents give it to them. It's the same thing with these tech sass in kids who we've over-engineered, we've given this technology to, we've told them to hit 100 cadences, go, 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 and we've paid them $100,000, $150,000 a year to push up. And button like right. Are you me right now. And now we're wondering why they're revolting against us, like why the quiet quitting is happening. Well, because you didn't instill any values, you didn't instill any work ethic into a kid that already didn't have strong values and strong work ethic. So it is our fault. So I think, you know, what I'm recommending right now is there's a lot of those sales assessment tools that are out there now that can actually analyze coachability and all these different things. I think a lot of companies right now, because there is an argument, quite frankly, to rip and replace. There is an absolute argument to burn your entire sales org to the ground and start with the new type of sales rep who are AI native and AI native tools. There is an argument to say, you know when you're rebuilding a team, like right now, my New England Patriots are a train wreck. (laughs) Yours my both hours our oh, that's right so i would actually and i love bill belichick i'm the biggest disciple of him and all i would like bill belichick to after especially after this disaster of a weekend just stand up and say you know what the game has passed me by i don't understand these kids anymore i don't know how to manage these kids anymore my system doesn't work so i'm gonna hang it up here and then craft legitimately fire sale the whole team, fire sale, the whole team and bring in a new coach with a new mentality, with a new system and a new structure and then hire players to do that. Kind of like, um, uh, what's his name? Primetime did at Colorado. Yep. Colorado, yeah. You got rid of 75% of those kids and he stood up and he said straight up, here, this is what this is going to be. I'm going to work you till a, like a dog. I'm not going to tell you you're going to be great until you are and all this other stuff. And everybody has to, has to retry out for this team if you're going to make it. And he said a bunch of them just got up and was like, nope, like, that's unfair. I'm not going to do that, blah, blah, blah. Immediately, those are not people he wants on his team. Then there was a group that stayed but kind of half-assed it, got rid of them. They didn't even make the team. And then there was a small portion of the team who was the previous team, the 25%, who said, great, this is an opportunity. Let's go do this. And now they're working on a primetime team. They're learning tons of, you know, they're not being kid-gloved about it. They're being told what it takes to be successful. And I think, quite frankly, that's what you need to do right now. So what I would do to be fair about it is I would do an assessment for my entire team objectively with one of these tools that are out there. I would find out coachability, the things I look for are coachability, grit, and curiosity if you can have those if i can test that you have coachability grit and, t- and curiosity man i can teach you technique i can teach you tools i can you know what i mean i can do all that stuff but i can't teach passion i can't teach drive i can't teach coachability and those are the things that if you don't have them right now i don't want you on my team
0: and then are you giving that assessment to people you're interviewing to to bring on to your team right like how do you assess during the interview process.
1: Yeah, I think you can do it both, right? So I would do it to my existing team to figure out where the gaps are. And also, by the way, line it up with my sales processes because your team could be a good team, but not related to your sales process. So you have mm-hmm. to actually marry it to the two. Right. And I think in the interview process, yeah, I would absolutely do disc profiles or some type of personality test where I could kind of get a sense of who you were, ideally a sales skills test, right? Which is just more about like, again, those type of tool, those type of characteristics. But the other thing is you could just do it without any of the tools. Like One of the things I used to do, like coachability was a big thing for me, right? And to me, there's always those professional interviewers, you know what I mean? Like the reps who come in and just have all the perfect answers, right? And I had this one kid who was was a professional interviewer. His mom was a recruiter, no question. And I actually knew her. And so when he came in, if you just interviewed this kid, you would hire him on the spot. You would have been like, "Oh my God, like you are the perfect candidate. Let's go." What I do is I then shake it up a little bit. So at the time I was interviewing for inside sales reps, you know, cold call, blah blah blah. And so I said, "All right, cool. You sound great. Here's the deal. What and I knew what they sold before they came in for the interview. So I'd say, "All right, whatever you were selling before." go in the other room, sit on, you know, and I want you to cold call me in this room. Here's my number. And just know that I am your target audience. I am somebody who is the profile of somebody you you used to sell to. And your job is to get a meeting with me, not to oversell your stuff, just to get a meeting with me, right? And so I'd sit in the room and I'd pick up, hey, this is John Barrows with whatever, right? And however they did, it didn't matter, by the way, how they did on that first call. I couldn't care less, right? And quite frankly, this one kid I'm talking about, it was a train wreck. Like, it was night and day. Like, it was his interview was insane, but his cold call was one of the worst cold calls I think I'd ever heard, right? Stumbling all over himself, like pitching stuff and whatever. But then what I do is I bring him back in and I say, all right, here's my feedback for you. Here's what you did well, here's what you didn't do well, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now I want you to go back in that room and I want you to cold call me. And at the time, you know, my company was Thrive Networks. We did outsourced IT support. I go, just know that I am a target audience for you. I'm the CEO of a company that has 20 computers, a perfect fit for what you're going to be selling here at Thrive. And your goal is, again, to get a meeting. Your goal is not to pitch me on anything, is to get a meeting. And then they would go back and do it again. So again, I didn't care how good or bad it was. I cared, did they, did they show improvement? Did they take my coaching and apply it to the next call? And was it better? And that's why I ended up hiring this kid because he was a great interviewer, train wreck of a first call, but he absolutely took all my mini coaching in that environment and applied it to the next call and was a lot better right? And so I think you can do stuff like that, where you don't have to have a personality assessment or spend any money on any of this stuff. But you do have to find some way of uncovering grit, of uncovering curiosity, of uncovering resourcefulness, coachability, those type of things. Yeah, Are there any AI tools doing that as a personality test? I'm sure there are, as a matter of fact. And by the way, that's what you can also do with ChatGPT and AI tools is you can actually role play an interview. So I use it to role play sales. I'll be like, hey, I'm meeting with Jim Ward. Here's his role. Here's his company. This is what he does. My role is, my company is this. Help me come up with some good discovery questions that'll show Jim that I know what I'm talking about and I'm not just asking basic stuff. And it'll come back with some pretty good stuff. You know what I mean? So interview-wise, you can do that too. It's be like, hey how would I create a personality profile test for people I'm interviewing? And what are some questions that I should ask if I don't want to spend any money on a test? You know, that's right.
0: Are you using a tool now that you particularly like, or or, you you don't have to mention them if you don't want to, but I'm curious.
1: I'm using a few. I don't want to mention them because I don't want to play favorites here on the podcast, but there's a couple of them that are, the more objective, the better, by the way. And obviously you want to see samples to see what the output looks like, but there's some that are individuals and then there's others that aggregate it all to the team level and can kind of show you as a manager, like, what am I looking at here? You know what I mean? Where are the gaps based on what my team has? Because that's the other part of this. You might want to be reshuffling the, the seats a little bit here. You might have somebody that's really good but just not in the role that they're in so you might want to switch them to a different role you know what i mean so you can put them as an account manager or cs or something like that maybe not an ae because they might be struggling closing finding new deals or whatever it might be but you might have a great employee who really cares who really is knowledgeable and wants to work but might just not be in that fit for the environment where you want to go so it sounds to me like this is a lot of what
0: conversations you're having today with your clients is all of this, the consideration of blowing it up, the consideration of retesting right bodies, right seats, all of those things. Then you throw in AI and all this, and you've got to get folks who are competent using We have one fellow here who's done some really innovative things. He, guess what? He pays for it out of his pocket. Exactly what you he described, invested. he did. Yep. And I thought, yes, that's what you want. He'll do a, uh, I'll just give you an example. He was um, competing with another software firm and he had uh, a ChatGPT with his paid version, review all of the negative reviews. And he created the word cloud so that uh, he was able to talk about those things that they should consider before going in with the other company. I thought it was brilliant. And, you know, wanna, I try to share with the team so that they get excited. Certain people get excited, certain people don't, right?
1: Well, you know what you can do to, to because this is what I'm recommending to all the clients that I work with too, is all the reps know that this stuff is come, you know, they're all looking over their shoulder, wondering when it's going to replace them. They're all playing with it in some way, shape or form, some a lot more than others. So I think what we need to do as leadership is control that a little bit put some structure to it so that we can all benefit from it so for instance you know engineers have hackathons Right. They yep. Like, right? Well, they pick something, they nerd out on it for a little while and figure it out. Right. Well, I think sales org should turn their sales org into a sales lab and have hackathons once a week on AI. That's an awesome idea. So, right. So think about it, right. Say from two to four o'clock in the afternoon on Friday, everybody gets together. And then you take that Salesforce 27% and you look at all the different categories that it says that people, the reps waste their time. You pick one topic. I don't care what it is like a nuanced topic. So everybody can look at that thing. Right. Again, prepping for meetings, ICP stuff, persona stuff, whatever it might be and then for two hours you say all right team up right so you team with kind of the senior reps with the junior reps maybe so they'll bring business acumen and they'll bring ai native stuff you throw some engineers in there because they're better at prompt writing and those type of things so we can have some fun with it And we say, all right, everybody, you get two hours. Whoever can find a solution for this component of the sales process that's more efficient than the way we're doing it now with a free AI tool wins the day. We're going to buy them beer at the end of the day. They'll get a little whatever it is. And then you let them go play. You know what I mean? And then they come up with cool, like try this and do that. And they, they look through things, but it's in a controlled setting. It's based on a singular topic. And we're doing it as a group. So we're learning from each other. Right, you do that once a week, you scratch that itch and then you might find some tools that actually will do some real stuff and that you can integrate them into the team because they found them. We didn't come to them as management and say this is the new tool you're using. Add right. it to the list. Yeah, You've got folks idea. doing that now? Clients, yeah. They do. They're doing the sales thons Yeah, they, they just pick sometimes. I mean, maybe not as structured as that, but at least once a month or something like that where they're getting together, right? And I think it's just, it's something that we have to work together here as like sales is obviously, you know, pretty individualized sport. But to me, it's more of a team sport than anything, especially with where we are right now. Because if you're gonna try to survive at this point, there is no chance that you can do this on your own. You cannot stay up to date on all the tech that is happening out there right now by yourself, especially leaders. So let's leverage all of us to kind of pick, a, you know, to, to level up and figure things out here. Because we're constantly, we have to test stuff right now. Like a lot of the things I try to do, I move pretty far away from techniques, even though there's a lot of techniques I train, and I'm trying to teach people an agile structure they can use to test techniques. Because techniques come and go right what worked three months ago is just probably not working right now anymore. So you have to have an agile framework to test out different approaches. But it needs to be a structure so that you can gain some consistency around it and have, you know, more than a few people doing it. So you can get some statistically relevant numbers that you can start to see some data that works and doesn't work. Have
0: you thought of doing a sales hackathon as a subscription service to your clients?
1: Not a subscription service, but almost, right? So I do that as part of the membership, right? So what I do is I kind of have my own mini hackathons. Not only do I do my trainings on a monthly live trainings, but I also do workshops with tech skills and sales skills. So on the sales skills side side of the house, I bring in practitioners who are like really good and knowledgeable about certain topics, like negotiation, whatever it is. But for the tech side, I go find practitioners who are doing something with AI and it has to be free it can't be a product pitch or anything like that and i just have them come in and i'm like teach me like how do you do that thing and i act as a proxy to the audience asking questions people can join but i'm kind of the one super curious hacking away at trying to figure out a solution to that thing so that's how i'm doing it now you know as far as customers are concerned i think we do that quite a bit with amas but not in a structured way
0: uh, one term before, I know we've, we're running out of time, but you also talked about an ADA framework. Did you say ADA framework? What is an ADA framework?
1: With a little history lesson. I found this out. So a while back, you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? Yeah. Right. And he talks about ABC always be closing. And, yeah. Yeah, but Copies also are for that, closers. Yeah. In that eight minutes. Now, by the way, people say, what's your favorite sales movie? You know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room. Wrong. Okay. Those are okay. the worst sales movies I've ever seen in my life. Literally, worst sales movies I've ever seen in my life. They're great movies, don't get me wrong, but they're terrible sales movies. They, it's it's everything that's wrong about selling, right? But that eight minutes of Alec Baldwin's career is best eight minutes of his entire career. So just watch that if you haven't seen it yet. But in there, he talks about ABC always be closing, but all, he also hits on AIDA, attention, interest, desire, action. And I thought he made that up, right? But apparently he didn't, because I looked it up. And 1898, a guy by the name of St. Elmo Lewis came up with that, and it was the first thing that put any structure into sales whatsoever. Because before that, it was just people's stories and whatever else, Ada put some structure into it. And he said, these are the four mental stages we all need to go through before we buy something. First, something needs to get our attention, then we have to be interested in it, then we have to have a desire for it, and then we have to move to act. So if you're thinking about, for instance, so I train on or I've used that to create a structure for an email, a call, you know, all these different things. Because let's look at an email, right? Well, with an email, the subject line gets my attention. right? So if your subject line sucks, probably not. Those first 10 words, though, right now are actually almost as important, if not as important as the subject line, because I can read them right there on the preview screen. So that's interest. And you have to get me interested enough to open up this email. Right. Because if I don't know your name and I don't like that subject line and those first few words are not interesting to me, I'm deleting. I get 250, 300 emails a day. I am swiping left every single time. Right. So interest, well, how do you get me interested? Well, universal truth in sales and human behavior here, what's the number one thing everybody's talking about? Themselves, right? Right. So you start with them. Sarah in particular. (laughs) <laughs> so you start with them that's why like starting your email off with i'd like to introduce myself to you like i don't care i don't give a shit who you are right, right. Or, or the recent surveys say shut up so you got to start with them so how do you do that well you personalize it hey jim i was on your website I listen to your podcast whatever it is but that takes time or what you can do is i call them interest questions you can ask an interest question so hey jim how are you currently managing you know now that everybody's working from home how are you currently managing your reps and keeping them motivated That's a relevant question you can ask somebody, which you can do at scale. And the goal there is to be like, huh, I'm interested. Let me open up the email, desire, now what's your value proposition? And then action, what do you want, right? So if you break down the email that way, same thing with calls, attention, interest, like literally how you say hello makes a difference. The words that come out of your mouth in those first two to five seconds, that dictates those next 10 seconds, 10 to 15. And in those 10 to 15, that earns you maybe another two minutes where you can ask a few questions in those two minutes that earns you a a meeting, right? So if you think about it as structured like that, then you can start to tweak each section to look to see if you can get incremental improvements in each area.
0: I mean this sincerely. I don't really know of anybody who's as educated in sales as a craft as you are. And I mean that with all sincerity. Having these conversations are just really exciting for me. I was excited to have you on, but I want to be respectful of your time. If I were to ask you this one last question, because we move around a lot of really interesting stuff that I want to get off and immediately uh, have my VP sales listen to this podcast. What specific AI power tools or technology do you think will have the most significant impact on sales, teams, and processes, and why in the next five to 10 years?
1: Uh, yes, five to 10, I think is impossible to look out that far okay. because things are moving yeah, so you're fast. Right. Short, I would tell you <laughs> in the short term, I think the biggest impact AI is going to have is coaching, is frontline sales rep coaching. Because if you think about you know, I love the gongs of the world and all that other stuff, these recording softwares and everything else, but the problem, and I, and I love them, but even for me, you know, as a coach for my team, for every 30 minute call, right? I mean, first of all, managers are usually promoted to being managers because they were the best sales reps, not because they were any managing skills or any of that stuff, right? So now they're, they were kind of an artist and now they're telling, okay, now go tell the rest of the team how to do this. And most of them are struggling. So they, and we don't give, them. I mean, sales reps get limited training, sales managers get almost no training. Right, And most of them end up being quote unquote deal chasers because that's ultimately what they are really good at. And we all know that coaching is the number one thing a manager should be doing, but they have no time to do it because let's go back to the Gong example. Well, okay, if you got a 30 minute call, well, I gotta listen to that 30-minute call, okay? And I can't do it on 2X because there's tone and flexion and all these different things that I need to pay attention to. And I get it, you type in pricing, it goes to the point of pricing. Not really, because I need context of when that pricing conversation came up. Like maybe you said something in the first five minutes that set that conversation up, so I have to actually listen to the whole thing. So for a 30-minute call, I have to listen to it for 30 minutes, and then I have to give feedback. So you're 45 to 60 minutes into any singular thing. 30 minute coaching call, right? Multiply that by five, six, seven, eight reps on your team, however many meetings they managers do not have the time or ability, quite frankly, to do it. And the last piece I'll add about why it's not happening is because these days just do not take feedback well. Like, and managers are scared to give feedback because they're scared to getting being told, you know, having somebody HR knock on their door and say, Why'd you piss off Jimmy over here and tell him that he wasn't good? It's like Jimmy well, with this... a wine on an IE because I did not yeah. complain. <laughs> But you know what I mean, like well, it's because Jimmy sucks at his job. You know what I mean, like again. Like right? Why but, not you, I I know, you, know what, you know what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, and I so do. So now, <laughs> but now with AI. You can actually do inline coaching immediately. First of all, you can even coach in some of these tools, like in, like while I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? Things could be popping up, me like he just said Salesforce. Make sure you mention these things, right? But then there's the aggregate of being able to collect that insights, look at it, and give you real feedback. Hey, you didn't you didn't ask about budget. You forgot to ask about this. Next time, make sure you do this, and it's objective. So I can't get mad at the computer. I can't sue the computer, you know what I mean, for giving me bad feedback and probably as a rep, I'm gonna be way more open to getting feedback from a computer because I know it's not my boss who might be playing favorites, who I now have to see in the office tomorrow and be awkward with because he or she told me some stuff I didn't like. So I think frontline coaching is hands down where AI is actually gonna make an amazingly positive impact.
0: Anybody know coming out with it?
1: Yeah, uh, Wonderway is a killer one that I'm working with that okay. does that. I, you're seeing the gongs and everybody else introduce it to their platforms and stuff like that too. But And then if you ask short term, kind of midterm, I personally think the SDR, BDR role is gone within two to five years. Gone. You do. 100%. That was on my question list. Yep, 100%. It is too obvious to me right now because let's think about it this way. Why do we hate spam, right? Well, we hate spam because it's irrelevant. It goes in my spam box because most of it's crap, and I have no interest in anything that is in my spam folder. But let's take a look at our lovely social world here and say, look at, for instance, Instagram. Why do I love Instagram? Well, because I've trained that algorithm at this well, that algorithm's trained me at this point. You know what I mean? So I've thumbs up, thumbs down, some things I've stayed on stuff longer. So now every ad that hits me on Instagram is like, shit, I want that. Like, yeah, that looks cool. Like, I'll take that. That's me, right? So oh now, let's fast, <laughs> right, yeah, tell me about it. Uh, now let's fast forward. I personally think that because there's so much information about all of us online at this point, LinkedIn and all these different tools and our company and everything else. I think we're going to be sitting there like with hyper personalized hyper relevant emails in our in all of our inboxes and quite frankly do i care on whether or not that comes from a sales rep or not absolutely not now do i want to talk to somebody eventually absolutely i want to talk to a person and whatever but that email that most reps are doing right now just going on robot autopilot type of thing I'd rather have it come from a robot that knows me and knows my profile and can be super relevant with me. So the way I look at it is I think SDRs and BDRs as they exist right now are gonna roll right up under marketing and operations. They're gonna be salaried roles. They're gonna be taught to to work with the tools and the technology to aggregate insights and real insights, intent data and all that other stuff and feed that back to full cycle sales reps who are gonna be sitting in front of a screen and instead of me walking in in the morning and saying, hmm, who should I talk to today? It's gonna say, no, 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 John, you need to call Sarah because Sarah and her company just did X, Y, and Z, and she just posted about this. Oh, and by the way, you need to call Sarah, not email her, because she actually likes the phone better than email, based on her interactions with your CRM and everything else. So give her a call. And by the way, here's like three snippets of information you can use when you call her to say... And then I'm gonna make that call. It's gonna all be auto selected and and recorded and put into Salesforce so I don't have to do any of that data entry, right? Because the AI is gonna do it for me. And then the follow-up is gonna be already set there for me and I'm gonna be the last mile. As a sales rep, I'm gonna be the last mile. I'm gonna let all the tech do all the heavy lifting, but it's like the visuals that I'll leave everybody with here are I'll leave you with three movie references. Okay. One is Minority Report. So remember Minority Report when he was staring in front of that screen with those gloves Mm -hmm. and he's just like, that's what I think that's gonna look like. Iron Man, that or woman, that's what it's going to be because you have the person, right? You have Tony Stark and he's good looking, he's super rich and he's super smart, jerk, right? But as a human, he would get smoked as with the aliens. So what does he have to do, right? He has to create the suit. Well, the suit is great, but it's just really a chunk of metal without Jarvis, right? So you take the human, the suit and the AI, you put it together and you can go out there and whoop some ass. And then the last analogy that I'll make is just hopefully people pick up on this one. Do you ever see the movie um, Hidden Figures? I have not. Oh, man, you got to watch it. So it was a great movie, just in general. But it's about when we went to the moon for the first time. And it was John Glenn. And and the whole thing was, there was these women, black women, who were way in the back. Yes. You, know, you remember it? Yeah. I do. And they were called computers. They're literally, their name of these women were computers. And they right. sat there and did manual calculations to get us the moon, which is mind-blowing, by the way. Like I couldn't imagine that. John Glenn had like a lot of trust involved in these people to jump on a rocket and go into space. But... One day, the head of the computers was walking in the main office, and there was this huge room, and they had just installed this massive IBM mainframe computer, like before computers were a thing, right? I mean, multi-million dollar thing. And that woman looked at that and said, oh boy, that's here to replace us, right? So she had two choices. One was she could go back to her team and say, hey, I just saw this thing that they just bought. We got to get better. We got to learn math better. We got to be faster because we got to beat the machine, right? Right. That was one option or the other option was, which is the one she chose, she picked up the manual and she started learning how to use it and turn it on and maintenance. And then she taught her whole team how to turn it on, how to maintenance it. And so when the IBM engineers came in and turned that thing on, they didn't even know how to use it. Guess who went from becoming completely replaceable, like 100% replaceable to indispensable right yeah and so what i'm telling reps right now is just pick up the fucking manual right just pick up the manual people ask me john how do i get started with chat that is a fantastic question to ask chat gpt <laughs> literally go in and say i'm a 47 year old man i live in boston massachusetts i run my own sales training organization i'm trying to figure out what the hell to do with chat gpt what are some suggestions great yeah. idea and it'll tell you
0: <laughs> John, I, I could literally sit here and talk to you for hours, but I know I'm taking away your hourly rate at nah, this point. This is just amazing. And I think your your perspective on the future is just right on the mark. And it's not a matter of if it's going to happen, it's when and how quickly it's going to happen. And it's going to happen really fast, I think. Faster than any of us have ever experienced Exactly. Before. So it's a very exciting time. It's a little scary. But if you embrace it, you can turn that fear, I think, into action. And I think that's what I'm hearing as a message to the folks that listen to you and all of your posts. This is John Barrows. He's uh, just, you really need to listen to this podcast. I don't know how to get it out there, but I think we do. We have a marketing department to get it out there. That's the whole point, right, Sarah? But you really need to listen and really follow John Barrows. He's uh, jbarrows.com. Is that right? And your LinkedIn is John Barrows?
1: That's the one. Yeah, I will say. I know this sounds like a humble brag, but it's not. It's more pain in the ass. I've reached the thirty thousand limit on connections on LinkedIn, so I can't accept any more connections. But you can still follow me and hit the bell in the upper right hand corner and get alerted when I post. And you can still email me. I don't think there's actually any thing that being unconnected limits you from. So
0: yeah, you don't, really, folks. You don't need to worry about connections. Follow the guy. Watch yeah. what he's putting out in content because everything is real and it's usable. And I really want to thank you for being here today. It's uh, you're an inspiration. I think you will inspire the audience we went around a lot of information that i hadn't intended to but i found it so interesting and i'm passionate about the subject so thank you very much john is there anything else you want to say before we depart to your audience no
1: I just yeah just level up just start just do you know just don't be comfortable because well let's put it this way you, you'd said it you know when i step on stage you know that what's going inside your body like if you ever stand inside of say you're nervous right or you're scared yes it's the exact same physiological thing that is happening when you're excited So what the best athletes and what the best people do when they go up on stage, instead of saying, oh, man, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. They just change that slightly to say, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's the same exact thing that's happening in your body. And so if you shift your mind to saying I'm excited for this versus I'm scared of this, You'd be amazed at what you can do with this. But if you're scared of it, you're just, it's, it is scary. No question about it, but turn that fear into excitement and learn from this. Because if you can figure this out, and this is what I say all the time, this AI stuff is going to make good sales reps, great, great sales reps, incredible, and average sales reps are relevant. So wow.
0: Let's end on that because that should send fear through those who are now average. Yes, or absolutely. excitement. Or excitement. <laughs> hey, John, thank you very much for being a part of our podcast. This is Jim Ward. I'm CEO of BrainCell. This is the Growth Enablement Podcast. And if you listen to this, you're going to get some ideas on how to become growth enabled. Thank you, John. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Connor, who's not in today, who produces the uh, podcast. Have a great, great day ahead and week. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Growth Enablement Madness podcast. I also want to thank Divinio podcast for this episode's production and distribution. Finally, thank you to Sam Ward for our musical introduction and outro. Be sure to check out all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and more. New episodes are available monthly and cover all important topics for growing and scaling your business. Until next time, this is Jim Ward signing off. Let's grow.